Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. Ooh, do you hear that? I think we have a big announcement. Yeah, we teased it last week. Matt and I have a new... Oh, by the way, this is Liz Loza. That's Matt Harmon. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> I get really excited about announcements, Matt. Um, we have a new way for you to at us. Don't at me, bro. And it's part of our brand new segment. It is Liz and Matt <laughs> helpline. It will be much smoother than this whole intro. Trust me. Basically, you can call us and ask us your questions about anything. And we mean anything because Matt... And I, believe it or not, are people that get asked advice about a whole lot of stuff. Fantasy football. Yes. Relationship advice. Me, not Matt. Not as me. Uh, <laughs> you want to know how to f*** your relationship up? <laughs> I'll let you know. I can give you several different ways to do it, too. Do you need parenting advice? Also, Matt has a lot of opinions want, about that. You want to know how to piss off your podcast producer? I know how. I'm in the fine, first, I love In it. the first three minutes, drop, drop an F-bomb. Bomb. I love it. Um, do you want to know what movie to see? Matt, Matt has that. Vice. No, I don't, Vice. Have, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, you got to see Vice. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Christian Bale is a dead, dead ringer. Dead ringer. Dead um, ringer. If you have questions about how to build your career, this is serious. Matt and I both built our careers from, from nothing. Zero. From the ground up. Honestly, as a person who's produced a podcast before with a voicemail line, I'm probably not going to let through a lot of questions of like, how do I get your job? Because everyone's going to call us with that question. Go listen to the back. And I'm just going to get. Podcast. I'm just going to get sick. I'm just going to get sick of it. No, so yeah. you can call and ask that, but I'm probably well, not. going to But play. basically, so, the weirder the better, right? This, this was going to be my question for you, Brett. Yeah. Um, now that you've grabbed a microphone and you've introduced yourself Welcome into the to podcast, our producer. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> what? Like, are we legally obligated to answer everything? No, truthfully. Not, Truthfully, well, they're not asking us about us. They're not like asking us to weigh in like Kyler Murray. Liz, Liz, do you think that people are not going to? You said the weirder the better, and you're like they won't ask about us. But they're asking advice for them from us. They're not like, hey, Matt, do you sleep with a teddy bear? And you're like, I can't answer that. However, they're going to say like I'm having trouble sleeping. Charlie, in a way, the dog is a teddy teddy bear. Can I tell you an embarrassing story about? uh, You can tell us later because right now we're pitching our new segment. See, this is advice on how to move things along how to manage difficult people <laughs> also moving other things along matt Harmon has hot sauce takes I, so do yeah, i yeah we got takes. do you have questions about fitness we both have answers about that do you have questions about parent? it doesn't matter we know so many things and if we don't we will do our best to mess up your life 
So we're here to help-ish, and we're here to make people laugh. Here's our number. You're going to call the number. This is I know, I know leaving voicemails is so like 1990, whatever, but this is how we're going to do it. Here's the number, 888-85-YAHOO! That's 888-859-2466. Call the number. Ask us for advice on an issue. Go into detail. I don't like go in and be like, oh my gosh, like I can't pay my rent, and I'm living with my girlfriend, but I need to dump her, and also I have a gerbil. What should I do with the gerbil? Do you know any rescue organizations? And then producer Brett will vet it, and Matt and I will give our advice live on each episode. Yeah, I mean— there's definitely no potential for this to go wrong at all. Um, can we tweet this number out too? Yeah, I will. Did you clear this with legal? Kind of. <laughs> Terrific. Johnny has asked them. Don't have a response yet. Nice. All right. um, well, this is great. I'm really excited. And I swear to God, the first person to drop like a start sit question in here, you get, I'm going to send some mean packages to your house. I, I don't care. You can ask me anything. AMA, baby. Oh, and one more surprise. Guess what? We've got Scott from the Yahoo Fantasy Baseball podcast joining us this week. And Scott, oh, we also have Matt here. Great. That's nice. Um, (laughs) But Scott, more important than Matt Harmon, is Bryce Harper. You've got some news. Give us a little tease of what we will get on the Yahoo Fantasy Baseball podcast about this issue and all of the other MLB-related issues. Sure. Uh, Exciting day to see... Bryce Harper signed with Philadelphia, which means that officially Matt Harmon is now the buzziest free agent left in sports. And we can follow that story. Can, can I'm sure he'll get more money than Harper did. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. Both have excellent facial hair. Right can now. we talk about this? Do you know something about my employment status that I don't? Because I feel like I, I'm, I, I'm still have, I still have a job here, right? Like, no, I, I just know that the, the Harmon free agent, you know, which team you're going to sign for is um, oh. right now the biz, the uh, the biggest, um, I think, the biz, biggest story in sports. But if you want to talk about Bryce Harper. I'm so oh. Stupid. <laughs> we'll do plenty Shots of that on the baseball fired. podcast. You, you know, the fun thing about Harper signing too is, and I'm not going to go into the, into the weeds. We'll we'll do this on the baseball podcast. It's going to be mostly Monday show um, and a weekly show. Although we will have some special issues. I'm going to be talking to Andy Barons a lot, talking to Dalton Eldon a lot, Fred Zinke, uh, new Yahoo guy is going to be doing some work with us. But I'm also going to be talking to friends of mine in the industry, and um, it may not always be fantasy people per se, but just baseball writers that you know. Uh, finalizing that list, but people you'll be excited to to learn from and to meet and to get to uh, talk baseball with. And it's not just going to be fantasy baseball and stats and BABIP and all that crap, but we're going to get silly. We're going to do some – there's a, a hook to the show that we're going to end every show with that I don't want to give away, but I think is really going to be fun. And um, so if you like fantasy baseball, if you like baseball, if you like being silly, uh, if you like me or, or Andy or Dalton, you like any of us, um, come hang out with us. Mondays will be uh, the usual spot. The first show debuts on March 4th. That's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Scott, I'm not letting you have Andy Barons during the week of the NFL draft because I'm not sure if you know this, but Iowa has produced some fine young prospects at the tight end position. Yeah, I I think Kittle, man, he probably scored two touchdowns. Oh, no, 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 baby. In this year's draft, you've got Oh, in the new draft. Yeah, you've got two that could go. The Hawk. And the Fant. Noah particularly. I personally like Irv Thompson more. But well and anything that will make Andy, you know, show a little school spirit. I just hate to see him hide that that Iowa pride. I mean if anyone is rah rah. 
It's Andy Barron's. He is so effusive. Actually, only effusive about the Hawkeyes. But before, you know, we've got months before the draft. Right now, we're sitting in free agency and there's news. The best thing about Scott is not only that he can get deep on baseball and silly, apparently, but also he can pivot into football with us. But Matt, since you've been relatively quiet so far this episode, I want to know how you feel about Jason Witten on retiring. Oh, my God. Let me tell you guys, I showed up to work today not wanting to be here because I had a little bit too much to drink at a co-worker's birthday party last night. And uh, shout out to Kendall Freer. Uh, social Liz and I were invited. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to say that I wasn't in charge of the invite list. You know. Anyways, so got home a little late, had a little What's too much up, to Netflix? drink. So not really wanted to show up today, but God delivered a great piece of news in this Jason Witten story to fire me up at the beginning of the day to really want to be online and be. I mean, this it's a it's amazing. It was because the there's nothing thing. you want to hear about while hungover other than glasses of milk and mayonnaise, right? No, I mean, it was terrific. But anyways, it's so wild to me because, I mean, obviously it was so unexpected. It gets Jason Witten out of the booth, which is great. Everybody wants... Although I will say, I will miss the parody of Jason Witten a little bit, especially from a social media perspective on Monday Night Football. I will miss that. My next biggest question is, of course, uh, can they take Booger with him? Uh, Can the Cowboys sign him back? But from a Cowboys perspective, it's just bizarre to me that they're going to give him three and a half million dollars in the year of 2019 uh, to play tight end for them. Last time we saw him, he couldn't move. He takes a year away from football. There's no way that he's like a plus asset. And oh, by the way, Liz, you and I talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Like Dallas has a lot of pressing salary related (laughs) concerns and they're going to go, you know, back to their past again. And, you know, Schefter also just kind of threw it out there that they might see him as a future head coach which is already weird that your guy currently is on ice and then you put out something like that. And this is not unfamiliar territory. Their head coach, quarterback coach, and offensive coordinator, all also former Cowboy backups. So a lot to unpack here. But like, with, why with wouldn't Witt. you just make him the tight end, the assistant tight ends coach? I don't know. Do you know, like, just it's give bizarre. him some sort of positional, like you know, they did may, with Welker. He may be, not he may Dallas, be a de facto but. coach. He, he may be yeah. almost like the Josh McCown of the Cowboys. Oh. They talked about a low snap count for Witten. 25 Or maybe game, he's yeah. there to impart wisdom as much as he is to actually have a role on the team. He's just going to get in the way for fantasy. He won't be good enough to draft. He'll take away reps from the next big thing at tight end for the Cowboys. Under nine yards of catch career. last time we saw him. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, so, I, yeah, I, I can't. Can't say this is exciting at all from a fantasy perspective, but it's I'm a more hilarious by, story. I'm more excited by the announcer shakeup. Um, can they possibly, can ESPN possibly make a run at Romo? He, I believe he's a free agent. He's right up there with the, the Harpers and the Harmons. Uh, or is CBS going to, fran- can they franchise Romo? Can they tag him? There's been be a, a lot of Bell situation. A lot of speculation. I mean, Nate Burleson, I think, has publicly tried to throw his he's hat in the ring. Very oh, good. they're not going to give good. him that job, though. Come yeah. Uh, that, they that's, could, that he doesn't fit the parameters. Um, I think we all think Greg Olson's going to be a great announcer. That's when he more, I think, in line with what would end up being career. hired. Which is, which, by the way, would be a big shakeup in Carolina, of course. Would and, it? Yeah, I mean, they expect him back. I mean, do obviously, they? they do expect him back. Well, they don't expect Harmon back. back. That was your team, and you're you're walking away from that. I mean, hey, Ian man. Thomas is the guy there now. That's not, uh, come not on. Away. I mean, I think if Olson comes back, he'd play a big role, but. Until his foot breaks again? Until his foot breaks again, yeah. Sure, and okay, let's, assume, let's assume that, um, that they don't contribute anything major the rest of their careers is Witten already in the hall of fame and does greg olson have a chance to be a hall of famer i don't think so with olson i think yes with Witten. Sure. agree 
yeah. longevity wise. I mean, Olsen's career started very slow, which, by the way, that to in speak, Chicago, to, yeah, in Chicago. Uh, and then to speak to my Panthers former fandom or, you know, complicated relationship is the official title. Uh, that was still one of the only times ever I can remember in franchise history when old boy Mike Martz throws Greg Olson on the trade block because he doesn't use tight ends in his offense. And I remember thinking like, oh, the Panthers should make that trade. They should trade like a third round pick for Greg Olson. That would be mm-hmm. perfect. And then it actually happened. That, so it was that, a high. That was a high. That was a high. That yeah. was one and, of the highs. And what does that show you, right? That Look, Mike Martz, there are a lot of interesting things he did as a coach, but the best coaches work personnel to scheme, not scheme to personnel. And there's a case of Martz saying, okay, I'm running this thing. It doesn't fit the tight end. I don't care that I have a talented one. Let's just, you know, dispatch him. And, and for, I'll tell you uh, what, you too, know. Scott, I don't know if you've been checking in on the AAF action, but oh, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I watched the first game of the San Diego fleet and Martz is still dropping his quarterback back seven steps and getting him crushed. Getting them are the crushed, same right? old system they were running back in 1990 and they're still running it right now. Beautiful. Never changed. Crazy. Everything is that was old is new again, except I want to talk about Tevin Coleman because I have this offseason series of the 10 most interesting players. This week, Tevin Coleman uh, was the fifth addition to the series. I find him interesting because here's a guy who's probably the number two free agent at the running back position behind Le'Veon Bell on most people's list. Maybe Mark Ingram is in there, but he's one of the top three likely to leave Atlanta and everybody looks at his numbers and they look at how much Kyle Shanahan hand plucked him for this one cut zone scheme offense. And the thought is with this speed and with all of this skill, why hasn't he been able to take on the number one spot? And that's what makes him so interesting. He's going to, I want him in Tampa Bay. No, 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 no. He should go to Houston. Lamar Miller's trash. What about Philadelphia? What about, I mean, there's like a, a, the Bears. Somebody said, because Jordan Howard could theoretically be traded. And there are a lot of options. My question is, though, can Tevin Coleman be an RB1? He has been a top 20 fantasy producer at the position for three of the last four years. But he's never really, really gotten over the hump in terms of next levelness. And so I don't think he's fully ROI'd on where fantasy players have expected him to go or where teams have expected him to go. I personally think he'll probably be do, do best in Philadelphia, even though that's a downer, but he will be in a rotation and that might stink, but I think he is best served in a rotation. Scott, what are your thoughts on Tevin Coleman? The big question for me is, uh, in 2016, the last year Kyle Shanahan was in this offense, was the offensive coordinator, they unleashed Tevin Coleman as mm-hmm. a receiver, and he was uh, 13.6 yards a catch, 421 receiving yards, and just 31 catches. And then, you know, Sark comes to town, basically says, oh, all these plays that work for Shanahan, let's stop running that stuff. Coleman's an interesting guy because you know, he's 6'1", 210. He doesn't fit the ideal body type of a running back, and I'm, I'm not locked in on you know positions have to be a certain type. I mean, you know, look at all the Kyler Miller, uh, Murray talk of, you know, is he big enough to be a quarterback? Well, sure, if your team is smart enough, again, working personnel to scheme, not the other way around. But I'm excited if Coleman goes to a team that says, okay, in NFL current day is all about the running backs in space. It's not about plowing guys between the tackles 15 or 20 times that that can be part of your offense. You have to show that once in a while, just so they respect it. And, you know, the defense has to think about it, but Coleman's a guy, I want him catching 50 to 70 passes at his next address. I think he can do it. I think he's a dangerous player. I think he was woefully underutilized in that space with the Falcons the last two years. I'm just dying to see a team 
And you look at the you know the teams who have figured this out. You know, the Patriots always throw to their backs a lot. The Saints always throw to their backs a lot. It's a cheat code. I mean, I, I know, granted, the Saints have like Alvin Kamara. Most teams don't. But, you know, James White does just fine doing it in New England. He's not an extraordinary, talented back. I want Coleman to go to a team where he can catch 50 to 70 balls. If he does, I think he can be a running back one. Yeah, I mean, on a just baseline perspective, Coleman had a career high in carries, yards, and yards per carry. But I think if you had him in fantasy, you know he had some just mm-hmm. hideous stretches. And like Scott said, he was really just unutilized as a receiver really the last two years. So I don't know where's a great fit with him off the top of my head. I definitely do not think he's a lead running back at all. But, you know, before James Conner, I thought maybe he could actually sign with Pittsburgh on a much cheaper contract. It might still not be a bad idea considering they were the most pass-heavy team in the league last year and they would theoretically be able to utilize some of his abilities as a receiver. I just don't know if he can handle that many reps. No, I mean, his running no. style is really upright. Um, it it's invites, very volatile, too. Yeah, it invites contact. For a, for a guy who's 6'1", too. Right. I mean, you know, you can't be upright when you're already you're already taller than most guys at the position. Then you're Who does Darren he remind McFadden. you of? Does he remind Darren you of McFadden? anybody? I mean, yeah, the McFadden, running style yeah, McFadden is similar. Too. I could see that. He was, what, 6'2", I think? Yeah, I, I, I mean... I just I'm wary because I feel like there's a lot of hype already surrounding him and people are going to be expecting quite a bit because he is one of these. Listen, this year's running back class in terms of the draft is not wildly elite. Um, The number one guy was the Josh Johnson. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has this groin issue. So his combine numbers might be limited and he's number one on most people's boards. Of course, there's going to be some round three diamond in the rough or even undrafted diamond in the rough that shows up. But I think because the draft class isn't considered terribly elite, these free agents are now getting a lot more love. And behind Le'Veon Bell, you've got Coleman and Ingram. So wherever they land, I think expectations are going to be very high. I am wary of Coleman being able to ROI on those expectations. But we shall see. That's what makes him so interesting. I also Hang hang on one second here for a second. You mentioned Le'Veon Bell in passing, and I apologize if this is covered ground. But what was your, your guys' stances on Le'Veon Bell not apparently not being in shape and, you know, obviously he didn't play for a year? Um, we'll see where he lands. But are you generally in or out on Bell right now? Probably out. I mean, I wouldn't sign him if I was a team just because of the, the money it's going to cost. But, yeah, it depends on Same. where it depends on where he lands. I mean, if he goes to the Jets, which I still think is the favorite to land him. I also think they probably leaked that report of the 260 thing. Uh, yeah, so that they can lower yeah, so they the can value. Lower the price. Yeah. I don't know. Though, he was heavy at MSU. That's and then, true. You know, it, it was when he got serious about his body where he really took off in Pittsburgh that second season. He did not, he never looked like a, a star to me that first year in Pittsburgh. And no. then, of course, second year, he was terrific. So the question is whether or not in the off season, w- when he is signed, if he will get back to brass tacks and get in shape and do all the things necessary or he's been paid a bunch of money and some latency like rises up. We've seen this before. I don't know. That's like a personal issue and we can't really always play. I just worry. This goes back to Witten too. I just worry about guys with a year off. Football is not a sport that's kind to players who come back after a long life. Lynch didn't do bad. Lynch took some time off and came back. He was okay. He was okay. I don't I don't know. If you didn't draft Marshawn Lynch in the Oakland experience, I don't think you missed anything. Also, you didn't pay what you're going to have to pay for Le'Veon Bell. Very true. There's true. that. Great so uh, Drew Brees, if we're talking about players who maybe need to take some time off and retire. <laughs> Damn. I'm sorry. But uh, Drew Brees had, for the first 12 weeks of the season, an MVP candidate season. His efficiency numbers were, his accuracy, his efficiency numbers, they were all off the charts, according to player profile, number one in terms of true complete percentage. Congratulations. And then 
weeks 13 through, frankly, the postseason, he was not the same guy. Just three touchdowns over the last four games of the season, three interceptions. Yes, his numbers improved in the postseason, but if you look at his games against the Eagles and the Rams, respectively, during the regular season, two months prior, he put up four touchdowns, zero interceptions, took zero sacks against those two teams. In the postseason, those two teams again, just two touchdowns apiece. I believe one interception and took two sacks. Same stat lines in terms of scoring, sacks, and interceptions for the regular season and the postseason. So definitely a dip. Is that, and this is rhetorical because none of us will know, evidence of a decline? Is it just a a change in offense? Is it the grind of the game on an aging frame? Who, Who knows? All I know is that Drew Brees was not the same guy at the end of the season that he was at the beginning of the season. And is there room for concern? He will have, what do we know? He will be back, right? He will continue to have Sean Payton drawing up creative plays. He's going to continue having Alvin Kamara scoring all the touchdowns, evading all the tackles, doing his Alvin Kamara thing. Michael Thomas, one of the most efficient, if not the most efficient receiver in the league, will bail him out on a weekly basis. But I think he's going to need some other weapons to help buoy him. I would like to see him get a tight end. Maybe Trey. Trey Quan Smith. Thank you. Trey Quan Smith can uh, elevate here or be given a given some reps here. But I'm I'm, you know, I put out a poll on Twitter and I said, who would you rather have, Matt Ryan or Drew Brees? And people were like, Drew Brees all day. And I was like, cool. Matt Ryan has been a beast in terms of production over the past two years, which stuns everyone. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Drew Brees is, is an automatic six, sixth round pick come September or August this year for fantasy fans. Yeah, you know, last two years, um, Brees that I know end of season rank is a little can be misleading, can have noise in it, but quarterback eight, quarterback nine in the last two years, that seems like the right place to price him for me. I would also take Matt Ryan over Brees in part. I call this the uh, the Abanez All Stars, which is a nod to a baseball player named Raul Abanez, who was just a a boring veteran who would normally return value or a profit for years on end. I think Ryan is that player. I guess the thing with Breeze is, would you rather be a year earlier, a year late? I mean, everybody's great until they're not. You know, Peyton Manning was great until he wasn't. I, I think sooner or later it's going to happen to Brady. It's going to happen to Breeze. So I just I don't want to have 40-year-old quarterbacks if I can avoid it. But if you were to take Breeze as one of the top 10 quarterbacks, one of the top 12 quarterbacks, you know, essentially inside that quarterback one cut line, I'm okay with it. He won't be a proactive pick for me. He'll be more of a reactive pick. I'm in a best ball draft. Oh, Breeze is still here. I don't have a quarterback yet. Maybe I'll take him. But I'm not going to get him proactively. He won't be on my list for that. So, yeah, if you just look at the last four weeks of the regular season, plus the two playoff games, Breeze threw deep 20 plus yards down the field, 11.9% of the top percent of his passes. Um, he only completed six of 17 for 157 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. And so, I mean, at that at this point, I think you're being a little disingenuous if you don't at least think about the idea that he might have taken a step back. And as Scott kind of said, my worry with quarterbacks is always it, when it goes, this is anecdotal, but when it goes, it seems to go quick with Peyton Manning. It was very fast from one of the best, most prolific passers in the league in Denver to a total uh, joke, you know, in that Super Bowl run with Brett Favre. He had it, like, one of the mm-hmm. best years of his career with the Vikings. And then the next year it was sapped. And so I think well, you part least... of it with Manning, though, was a neck injury where you could like say something specific sure. happened, right? Like Breeze just seems to be a question mark of erosion yeah uh, but uh, our uh, 
fearless leader Jason uh, Klobaka and I were talking about this this morning, and you know he said, "I you can, guys talk a lot." We, we do talk a lot. Yeah. Um, I, he at one point so he was asking me about this breeze thing because he was interested after reading your column what I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I was, you know, I was like, yeah." I mean, I think it's certainly possible that he could be toast or whatever, or or at least the, the end is coming very soon. And he basically said, "Yeah, at some point, forty is forty. And he said he could tell from experience. But, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, like, at some point, yeah, these guys get old. And I think it's totally possible that that this is the way it is for Breeze. And I think, you know, this is what I talked about in my pressing co- question, pressing questions piece with that them. That Jason didn't read? Uh, yeah, right? I was kind of like, bro, you would know my <laughs> opinion on this if you read my piece, but whatever. Uh, anyways, like, I think that the for the Saints, what they have to do is, like you said, beef up what's around him because if you look at the saints i mean really it's just michael thomas and alvin Kamara, and that's kind of it at this point and ingram's probably gonna be gone i would say almost certainly yeah. wouldn't you think also if the saints would look at this window if with breeze not of course you know sean payton right now is probably dreaming up Taysom hill plays but Jesus. they have to figure that the breeze window is closing soon so i would make it a priority teams don't always do this but i would make it a priority to get another significant receiving weapon the tight end sounds great to me, or just another field stretcher at receiver. They need another impactful guy to help breeze along at this stage of his career, I think. Well, the As reason you mentioned, I was, Liz, they have, there's a lot of good tight ends in this yeah. draft, so that's a natural spot for them. And the at. reason I like Irv Thompson from Alabama is because he grades out as a really good run blocker. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that, I think, is beneficial, help. right? Like, he can get in there and at least have some duality to his game instead of the slow progression that tight ends have and I just cannot handle any more of this Dan Arnold I'm, I'm sorry not Dan Arnold the Josh Hill nonsense Dan Arnold who was a converted wide receiver upon Sean Payton's urging I'm interested in but dude can't block no yeah the and tight end you have who a should be coming out of retirement is Benjamin Watson that's the tight end I want out of retirement I want him to play till he's 50 of course it feels <laughs> like he's 50 already I, I think you're alone on that island my friend oh, you know why you know why because he made that play that Patriots Broncos playoff game. I think it was 2004 where Champ Bailey was going to run back a, a pick six and Watson ran like 298 yards or whatever it was. He, re- he basically did the Shawshank crawl to get to Bailey at the goal line and kick the living tar out of him. It's the coolest play in NFL history that it, it wasn't like a Super Bowl game winning play or something. Long live Benjamin Watson. By the way, I will say for Breeze, I know these aren't necessarily important stats for fantasy but in his quote-unquote down year he did lead the league in completion percentage he did lead the league in quarterback rate he had that really low interception rate which i know we can't always trust but you know five interceptions 32 picks i mean if that's his down season that's pretty good i i just as matt outlined i i get worried about a far season a manning season and again i one year the door's going to slam on brady too you know not everybody goes out like john elway you know for every john elway we have 19 guys who go out poorly of course you know elway's selling his reputation in the gm chair now but um <laughs> I, i'm i'm concerned i i don't see how anybody could look at breeze as a proactive pick as a guy like i'm targeting breeze you, you'd really have to fall into a pocket where i'd be interested in taking him all right let's talk about matt's division by division pressing questions scott you brought up champ bailey so start with the afc west broncos Yes, I will. Uh, you, you know, I'll say one thing really quick. I think they played this Flacco thing wrong in the sense that if they knew Foles was going to be available, I think Foles would have been a better fit. Hmm, that's an interesting question. And, and like, you know, keep in mind when I wrote this piece, their pressing question was, can we finally get the quarterback right? And mm-hmm. they since then have potentially found an answer with Flacco. But the only reason I would say that I prefer just for their sake that they have Flacco over Foles is because I think that 
Flacco will be literally gone after this year. I mean, they will obviously get out. They can get out of that contract next season, no problem. Okay. And I think they still draft a quarterback in this year's draft at 10. Maybe they even move up. That's the most intriguing part of this draft to me is that theoretically, and the Raiders we'll talk about are kind of a wild card in this, but I got the, thoughts on them. Yeah, I know you do. You text me about it the other day, I but do. the top five picks in this year's draft do not necessarily need a quarterback, although they can play into the fact that they might take one or that they maybe they end up will actually end up doing it. But it provides a lot of talking points for how teams like the Broncos can move up from 10 to try to leap the Jags and the Giants for a Murray for a Haskins. But I think in order for them to really well, get this right, Murray. He's going to try to get Haskins. Like, no, for Murray sure. Murray doesn't fit the bill. He's been pretty honest. About I think it. they end up taking. I I know that John Elway really really likes Drew Locke, and I think that they end up sticking at ten and taking him there. So I I think that the Raiders try to get Drew Locke. But Where, we'll get by the there. way, pr- producer Brett is a really big Broncos fan. I need a one sentence take on Joe Flacco in out. Yes, no. You know, throwing up, jumping for joy. Where are you on Flacco? Sadness. <laughs> okay, I'll accept that. Well played. Not even a sentence, just one word. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, that's really, to me, what they have to do is not just say Flacco's our solution for this entire season. I would take the under on him starting 16 games, not just from a performance perspective, but from an injury perspective, too. I think the O-line is a pressing question for them. And this this class, I mean, does have a lot of tackle talent, a lot of line talent yes, it does. in general. Um, so I think there is a uh, quite a, a burden on Mike Munchak now to improve that offensive line. And also the team needs a dang tight end, just like the Saints. I mean, the Jeff Hoyerman project, <laughs> Jake Butt, Matt Lacoste, none of it worked out. They need something there. Yeah. I mean, is, is Jake Butt going to like come back from another ACL? Uh, this They kept getting hurt. Um I just, AJ, the AJ Derby, he went to Miami, so that's not working out either. But I'd like to see them. And this draft does have a lot of tight end talent, so I don't think you need to prioritize that because of the depth. And theoretically, they, the one, there's rumors that they're interested in like a speed wide receiver. So, I mean, maybe they make a move in that direction. I know Like a John Brown situation? A John Brown or trade for Deshaun Jackson. I don't know, whatever. John Brown and Flacco? All right, that worked for the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, so yeah, take, I mean, keep an eye out on that. But theoretically, beyond the tight end position, this is an offense that if it wasn't like hamstrung by Flacco, I think, and a bad offensive line, as you mentioned, that I think we would be mildly excited about. Like Sutton, Hamilton, Lindsey are, are really intriguing as a, a trio of rookies this past year. Scott, any thoughts on the Broncos? Are we sure Sanders is here next year? No. Yes. They yeah, they picked talent. up his they picked up his option. He he's, picked up his okay, option, but he's coming that. off of I an Achilles right, and he's thirty one. Yeah. I mean, like is he But he, he will ma- physically be there. So he can coach <laughs> great. So he can coach up everyone and end up as an assistant wide receivers coach. I'm in just the looking AFL. at all this young he's talent as you said, how they did so huh? well with the rookies. And remember, they got probably the low end of Royce Freeman's range. He probably can can do more than he did last year. So it's an interesting team. I think they could be somewhere in a year or two if they can solve the quarterback. And I agree with you, there's a good chance they could maybe look at somebody in the first round. And then if you nail that and everything's totally different. And it's funny, we talked about the window with Breeze and the Saints. The interesting thing with the Broncos is their window is that defense. And your defense generally doesn't have as much continuity from year to year. So maybe it's a dangerous way to play it, but they still have so many guys over there impactful. Obviously, Von Miller is one of the best defenders in the NFL. So I wonder if the window closing in Denver is more of a defensive question. God, can than you an imagine question. Von Miller's reaction at the quarterback nonsense that's happening? Like on a, in a closed room, <laughs> what is Von Miller doing when he when he receives the Joe Flacco news? Like that know, first man. text when like someone in his family is like, yo, did you hear? And he's like, 
let me go buy another pair of glasses. I don't believe what I'm seeing. Um, let's talk about the Raiders, because you think the Raiders are going to keep Derek Carr then? I I really, listen, I just rewatched the Senior Bowl and much close, much more closely this time. I like Drew Locke. I'm, you know, I was texting you about this. I don't, I, I, I'm, it worries me that Elway likes him because I also like Paxton Lynch and clearly maybe my evaluating is not, is not spot on. You like the Paxton Lynch so much you named a kid after him. <laughs> named your kid after him, exactly. <laughs> my Paxton was alive before I knew Lynch existed, but yes, my uh, son's name you have a kid named, Are you going to have a kid named Baker anytime soon? That'd probably work for a boy or a girl too. I'm, I'm not having any more children, but thank you, Scott. You can ask my husband. I think he would probably, that's a firm no pass for him too. Um, regardless... Drew Locke was coached by Gruden in the Senior Bowl because they were coaching the South. Who cares? North. (laughs) Um, And there was a fondness that was developed there. The Derek Carr-Gruden relationship has never been particularly smoothed, at least in this last year. It's been a bit rocky. Theoretically, yeah. So you're right. Are they playing mind games by saying, like, maybe it's Carr, maybe it's not, so that they can move down and receive some capital in return? Or are they indeed going to just go with Drew Locke? And I mean, that's the thing that like, Gruden has no he has so much security for his job. He's there for another nine years and guaranteed money. He can do whatever he wants. It's his playground. And yeah, he has a amazing amount of resources to do all this. with. Right. I mean, he has three first round picks. They have a ton of cap room. I think if they took a rookie, though, you'd they would probably keep Carr around for a year, you think, because honestly, at this point, I think he would run into the same problem that Foles is going to run into. And that's like, who out there is, tra- is, is, is trading for Derek Carr right now? You know, I, the same question is like, who other than Jacksonville is going to sign Nick Foles? I mean, could Washington pull something out? Could Miami? They've already paid so much, much money, money for their right. quarterback position that, and Carr is an expensive albatross of a contract too. And you'd have to give up draft resources to likely get him. So I think if they took a rookie quarterback, which certainly isn't out of the realm of possibility considering they have, so many first round picks i think Carr would stick around for a year and uh then the other guy would be there you know kind of as the the successor so what do the you other think problem, the other problem with possibly trading Carr, and not that teams always are optimal in their thinking but he's revealed himself to be a purgatory quarterback i think Agreed. to be an andy dalton or a joe not flacco at best if not, not even it. that good so they're better off teams are better off with the upside of the unknown hoping that they hit a first round home run with their quarterback rather than Derek Carr who yeah what's his upside maybe he's slightly better than the league average and then if everything else in your team is good then you can be a playoff team but you know, he's not going to probably drive you there that's a problem I also think with coaches like John Gruden who's an offensive designer there's a certain vanity there that when the offense doesn't work the way he thinks it should he doesn't think I need to coach these guys better. He thinks if I really got my guy in here, then right. the offense would hum. That's a good so point. I would think that Gruden's got a roving eye, right? I mean, he's got his arm around his date or his wife, or you know, the, you know, but he's really got that eye. Of, okay, if I had her running my offense, and then things would really be cooking. So I, I'd be surprised if they didn't take a quarterback that they think is you know has a higher upside than Carr. Which right now, I just think Carr right now is just an average guy, and the worst thing you can do in the NFL is get married to an average quarterback. So. Matt, how would you use these resources? Would you go after defensive? How would you prioritize? I think that they have, I feel like they're a team that could end up signing Le'Veon Bell that we've not talked about yet. 
At least, at oh, least it's in, so in fitting. Ex- I mean, but gosh, can we free Chris Warren? Come on! I don't know. You put I've, that's like you put this on the outline. And I'm like, I forgot that guy existed. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> he was great, and he wasn't hurt. They just put him on the IR so they could stash him. Yeah, it was like he was hurt, but not like end he of the was season. Great hurt. over yeah, the preseason, sure. 292 rushing yards, five yards per carry. It's a noisy stat to quote Dalton Del Don, but still, I thought he really <laughs> flashed over the preseason. No, you're right about that. I feel like there are sleeper teams that those still make a big splash signing like that. I mean, it just seems so likely. And but at the same time, this not only is this draft not necessarily offensive heavy, the free agent class is definitely defensive heavy. There's mm-hmm. a lot of intriguing players out there. I mean, a ton like Grady Jarrett, Frank Clark, you know, these guys are going to get franchise tagged and they won't be around. But there's a lot of players that I think will end up being out there on the market, there's linebackers like Quan Alexander. There's pass rushers like Ziggy Ansa. Those are names I think that the Raiders could go overpay for. In the draft, I think they have to ask themselves, where are we closer to, you know, above average on offense or on defense? Because they're a mess on both spots on the surface. But would three additions or two out of three additions on the offense make them better than two out of three additions on the defense? I think that's what they have to ask. Yeah, themselves. I've enjoyed Ziggy Ansa in Detroit, but doesn't he sound like a typical Raider? You think of... Richard Seymour finishing, you know, his second half of his career in Oakland. Warren Sapp ended up in Oakland. It just seems like such a Raider thing to do to get the downside of Ziggy Ansah when he's you know, past his prime. And he's still a good player, but he's an overpaid guy. Yeah. He just seems like a Raider. To me. Miami West, baby. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the Chargers. Go for it. Let us. Yeah, I think that the, their most pressing question is how do we get stronger up front? Not only... Um, defensively both both because if you look at uh, what I think that they got pushed around offensively up front in the playoffs as well Um, they cut their right tackle um, oh Barksdale and he ended up going oh yeah that guy how did I not remember his name right he ended up going to damn uh, damn Arizona and became their best offensive lineman like right away Um, but I mean the Arizona line best best offensive right yeah I mean it's like like the yeah yeah yeah, I got you but anyways (laughs) On defense, it's it's especially true, too, because they currently don't have a defensive tackle on their roster. Uh, Corey legit, they did not pick up his option, et cetera, et cetera. He was not legit enough. No. He had to quit. No. tried? It. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that because you think their identity on offense is based around this great running back that they have, you want to beef up offensively um, that line. And on defense, too, they have two great pass rushers in Bosa and Ingram, but they've had not only, I mean, they literally have nothing there now. But for years, they've been weak up the middle now. So they they have a lot of work to do there. I'd also wouldn't mind like some sort of backup quarterback to develop because Philip Rivers is aging. He, he is old. And, and he, Melvin Gordon, too. He's the running back that I feel like gets overlooked when everybody talks about, man, there's so many. And I say this all the time. There's so many fantasy running backs that you want to draft in the first couple rounds. People don't even really talk about uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, and he's as productive as anybody who's on the I field. I think people are still scared about that MCL injury Just from fair, a few years he's ago. From, yes. He's hurt all the time because, well, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to carry the ball over 20 times a game, touch the ball over 20 you're times a game, guess what? Hurt. You're yeah, going to get hurt. Get hurt. Yeah. But as Scott always says, you don't worry about that in September. You worry about that in November. Yeah, I had. Gordon on a bunch of teams last year, and I had no regrets. I, I know that he obviously missed time, and maybe you just have to bake that into the price of any running back. You don't expect 16 games, but he's such a ball hog. I mean, he, he plays in all situations. He gets a lot of easy touchdowns. And the guy behind him is really talented, but he's not somebody built to be a regular touch guy. So I, Gordon, I, I'm a big fan of. I'm thrilled to see what Mike Williams is going to do in a th- year three. It's really a year two because he hardly played his rookie year. He was hurt. 
But, you know, the ability to high point the ball, we saw that at Clemson. He gets 10 touchdowns last year. People are going to say, well, you know, 10 touchdowns, 43 catches. That's an unsustainable rate, and that's fine. But he's not going to have 66 targets. He's going to have like 110 targets. So maybe he gets the 10 touchdowns anyway. His efficiency could really drop a lot. In fact, we know it's going to. It's just unrealistic to keep that. But the volume he's going to get as an increase is going to mask a lot of that. I mean, I, I'm excited to have Mike Williams shares next And season. you're figuring that because Ty, Ty Williams is out, but Hunter Henry right. is returning. Yeah. Don't forget about old Hunter yeah. Henry. Yeah. You know, Hunter Henry, I, you know, I, I've been listening to too much Stephen A. Smith. I thought Virgil Green was the tight end in the <laughs> Chargers, but, but maybe it's, maybe it's Hunter Henry. Wouldn't it be fun just to have him back again? I mean, the year at tight end, if you didn't hit on one of the three or four right tight ends, you just slog through the garbage with everybody else and i just welcome hunter henry back even if he's not on my team just so when i'm ranking tight ends and looking at that board i can have another good player to look forward to watching i i really hope he can have a health a healthy season because he you know he's a pro bowl capable player when he's on the field travis kelsey is a very healthy capable tight end that everyone loves watching play so that's not a pressing question for the Chiefs. What could be, Matt? <laughs> no, it's not a pressing question. I don't think the whole offense it's is, is a, a pressing question. You nailed it. Um, the, to me, it's, it's and this isn't fantasy relevant, but I don't care. Uh, it's how do we make the defense at least average? Um, because I don't think they need to become a defensive juggernaut. But they certainly need to do more than what they did last season. Well, they need season. to stop the run. They need to stop. That was that's <laughs> their biggest like weakness because Chris Jones is a great pass rusher. Uh, D Ford is going to be back. They may move Justin Houston, so that's something to watch out for. But yeah, certainly some beef on the defensive line would be Where's great. Where's the beef? They need some damn beef. Um, yeah, so that's I think the biggest question for them because I don't think they, as you mentioned, they're fine especially because their pass rush is so good. They have a couple blue chippers up front there. Their secondary, they can get away with having some real poor personnel back there, but yeah, they have to do. Uh, so in a situation where like in the playoffs, the Patriots run all over them and then the offense has to bail them out. They need to be playing with more leads in those important games in order to be a, a true Super Bowl contender. Let me, let me ask you a question about the chiefs. Okay. Mahomes MVP, unbelievable season. We see a quarterback break the game every so often. You Manny had a season like that, 55 touchdowns. Michael Vick had that one year in Philadelphia, which was really like two and a half months where he was unbelievable. People thought he was the first round pick. If a fantasy player comes to you and says, look, I love Mahomes. I think he's just better than every other quarterback. I know you're not supposed to take quarterback early, whatever, but I want to take, I want Mahomes on my team. I'm thinking first or second round. What would you tell that person? I'll do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> Whose current ADP is in the second round of 12 team exercises. Do whatever that you want. I don't care. I'll get, I got, I got other stuff to talk about. Will, will Matt Harmon? Will Matt Harmon have a lot of Pat Mahomes next year? Do you think? Probably not. That's the unfortunate part about it is because yeah, I mean the thing with the quarterback like this is if you take him at the first round or the second round, whatever, you better hope that he's the QB one, not a QB one, not even just right. a, to a top five guy because the players that you are theoretically passing up. I mean, everybody knows how late round quarterback stuff is, but you know if you, the players you're theoretically passing up on are going to give you a much more different and better team than a quarterback, you know, who's a QB one, but like the fourth or fifth best guy. Right. So, so there's enough depth at the position that you don't need to reach is what you're saying. And the, but and the idea too, the idea too is that the best quarterback or at least a top five quarterback can come from anywhere in the draft. Like For Pat example, Mahomes, where Mahomes came last yeah. year, right? The idea is to try to find the next Mahomes. Maybe you don't find him, but try to find a quarterback who can be a top five quarterback who goes at, in those middle round prices. And the position is so deep now 
Maybe it's Ryan again. You know, yeah. was an MVP maybe it's Geno Smith ago. after Philip Rivers gets knocked out. We'll see. What maybe is, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? It could be a lot of different. Oh, people. Jimmy so Garoppolo! Trying. That is a perfect segue. Thank you, Scott. Um, let me just say, Matt, you have a very interesting and an- another series because Matt has all the airwaves and internet's going at Yahoo. He is basically the face of the entire fantasy branch that's of it. That's not accurate. So I think that the 49ers are that that's my pick for your fantasy team. Um, mm. But there are also pressing questions facing this squad as we move to the NFC West. I like, I like that Harmon Niners fit. I'm seeing it. Yeah, that was to I'm be on, to be honest, when this move was, over Dalton Del Don, when this thing was whole, this whole thing before it even became a you know, docu-series, a very serious endeavor that it is now when it was just a thought process. Before all of our airwaves co- were committed to you. Correct. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I feel so weird. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Trevor, who is my now personal assistant, uh, he and former NFL Network co-worker, he was the one who said, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's picking the 49ers. Like, he he, he gives out these Trevor guarantees. Are there guarantees. office pools? Like, is there, a, can the rest of us who are not Matt Harmon start a bracket about who Matt Harmon might choose? Sure. You can do whatever you want. Uh, the thing is, yeah, was, someone said Kavan should start running fantasy slate contests on it. Sure. Um, Jared but, and I can do the video about yeah, Matt. Yeah. Just, yeah, that sounds all right. Or I do feel, you want to do your own video? I feel very weird again. Um, <laughs> let's move, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the, the, we're talking about the 49ers? Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, Why sure. are you blushing? 49ers. Oh, blushing, are you trying to get a little burgundy so that you can... <sighs> I, uh, I am wearing a burgundy sweatshirt yeah. here today. Yeah, um, you're solid Have they committed to the Nick company? Mullins as the quarterback of the future? Have they conceded that it's really it's really the Mullins show? Nick M, not Jimmy G? Yeah, I mean, Liz mentioned that I've been writing articles. I wrote the article about the quarterbacks and whether they're worth their salaries or not. And I was a little, I was getting a little annoyed about the people who were like, oh yeah, Nick Mullins was just as good as Jimmy G. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's pay it. Let's, let's be real here for a second. Mullins showed himself to be, I like, I like Nick Mullins. He showed himself to be a damn good backup quarterback, but Garoppolo elevated that team. Even if their stats are similar as Mullins is losing games, QB wins is whatever. We can go back and forth on it, but at some point, you pay these quarterbacks all this money to win you games. You got to at least give them some credit if we're going to sit here and say that's the most important. But I'm not going down the quarterback wins rabbit hole. Let me get back to the 49ers. Does Jimmy G's return alone elevate them into elevate champions? Elevate us is what he wrote in the, by the way, in the little outline that we no, have here. No, Brett wrote that for Matt me. Matt <laughs> wrote, does Jimmy G return well, alone is... elevate, quote, us, the royal us, into championship contenders? So, Matt, all right, come all on. Right. It's our team now. It's we'll the see. Matt oh, Harmon. The spoiler, the spoiler yeah. alert. Look, I mean, I'm the top four is already determined because we've already filmed three episodes. But anyways, we won't get into it. Does Jimmy G's return alone make them a championship contender? No, I think the answer is no, it doesn't. I do think it elevates him a lot. But how do they then add more resources around uh, Garoppolo? On offense, you'd think they're kind of set. I mean, McKinnon. You do? Do you think there are enough receiving options there? You oh, think I hate Marquise? their wideouts. Yeah. I, think I they could add their wideouts. I think they could add one more. Pettis is great. I mean, come on. Obviously. Yeah, Pettis is good. You need more, though. I need yeah. to butt in. First of all, aren't they getting Antonio Brown? Well, today it was reported that they haven't even reached out yet. Or John Lynch says he hasn't reached out yet, which, of course, could be BS, which is a lot of what we get out of these decision makers at the Combine. But still. Does anybody know? Has, has, has Antonio Brown followed the 49ers on uh, Instagram or Twitter or anything? It's my like least favorite. So. Like, my least favorite thing ever. Has. I pulled up the article, Matt, your article, 
pressing quote. Quote. This is the copy in the article. Pressing questions. Colon. Does Jimmy Garoppolo's return elevate us? Us. Okay. To winners circle. But look at the Seahawks. Are are we getting in our own way? I'm writing this as if it's a perspective of the team. But I'm not picking the Seahawks to be my team. I'll tell you that. Well, is that because why? Why wouldn't you pick this the Seahawks? What's their problem? Well, because their problem, I think, is they are getting in their own way, which is their pressing. Oh, because they don't want to. They don't want to throw the ball. They they want to be this weird ground and pound team. They're the most run heavy team in the NFL, where they have a clear difference maker, a clear worth it guy at quarterback, and they don't want to mm-hmm. build the offense around him. It's weird. It's, it's bizarre. They, they have a cheat code of receiver, and he gets seventy lousy targets. And remember, too, yeah, Seattle's right. going to be a hockey good. city in about a year anyway. But do you think Scott may be part of? The reason they didn't throw the ball around was because Doug Baldwin wasn't a hundred percent healthy. Like I, I can't. No, everyone they've is always, dismissing they've that. Under Wilson. And and again, we talk about the co- the good coaches go talent the scheme, and the bad coaches say no. This is what we do. This is how I coach. And uh, unfortunately, they have one of the bad coaches. And the playoffs were a perfect example of the issue with that is, you know, they consistently sure, yeah. tried to establish the run over and over and over again, and it wasn't until they kind of let the the chains off Wilson that he elevated them to a point where they were at least making it a, a competition in that game. So from from how this how this uh, affects the whole team is, yeah, I do think that if they really wanted to build around Wilson, what they could do is add another receiving weapon because Baldwin is also, by the way, coming off two off-season surgeries too, I think. Uh, so And Baldwin built his career as a blocking specialist and possession receiver. I mean, I think that the thing with these slot receivers is, they can age well, but you also have to remember that these guys aren't, you know, getting bumped out of bounds by, you know, 180 pound cornerbacks. You're yeah. getting smacked over the middle Zach by Baldwin's linebackers. Baldwin's not your typical slot receiver, though. These, which, but still, they're still going over the middle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, who would you rather have? If you were in a keeper league, would you rather have Lockett or Baldwin right now? Well, you know, Lockett, where, you, know where I'm, you know where I'm going to stand with that. <laughs> I think Lockett's the, I mean, just when you look at. Or even if it's just a one year thing, who would you rather have for 2019? Probably Lockett. unfair. Probably lock, still it. Go lock it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the team that went to the Super Bowl but did not win. The Cardinals. Oh, oh, oh. Um, the Rams. The Los Angeles. Sorry, Rams. I was going to skip the Cardinals because what? Lo- oh, fine. Pressing questions for the Cardinals. All of them next. Yeah. What will the offense evolve into? Who knows? I don't we know. don't know. Well, wait, wait. Didn't uh, didn't Rosen delete? He deleted the Cardinals from one of his social. Scott media is really on. Did the, he really? He, Scott is Ooh, really like on that. the social media beef, but he claims he he was hacked. He claimed he was hacked. And that's why all those well, posts oh, got deleted. Oh, so, so something that belongs to Josh Rosen was intercepted by somebody else and went oh, the other direction? Lord, Boy, here we go. who saw that coming? Yeah. I don't know. The Kyler Murray watch is interesting with them, for sure. Um, Josh Rosen d- demands trade back to UCLA. Yeah, but I feel like we've discussed the Cardinals a lot on this podcast. So on the Rams, who we've also discussed a lot on this podcast, too. Well, but they deserve to be they were my They were my team of 2017. 17. So... Uh, but they were eliminated in episode one. So all or nothing. Not there was nothing for them. Their pressing question is: How do we retool this roster after going all going all in and failing in 2018? Failing. They lost one game. The yeah. big, the, 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 the biggest one. The but one they that went matters. all in to get to the Super Bowl. So check mark so unlock achievement unlock. They, they should maybe they should go all in better and try to win the Super Bowl. Don't you think? Well, Liz? they don't. I mean, maybe they should not have Jared Goff trying to make cloud shapes in a dome, like no, staring at the cloud shapes. No, the like that was a problem. What Todd did we learn about how this offense <laughs> cratered after they lost Cup? I mean, Cup's a really nice player. He shouldn't have been that important. To I the feel team, like right? that's like a I lot of correlation, not causation. Convenient. Yeah, convenient answer. 
Okay. That's like, it's like, yeah, who? no offense falls apart when they lose their, their slot, slot receiver. receiver who's like gets more free releases than anybody in the NFL. Like I, to me, that seems like an, a, a convenient excuse. So I as will you say, say on, on Sean McVay, can he please develop Gerald Everett? Like yes. that's gotta happen. Yeah. Well, I think Sean McVay is not without questions in Easy. this, in this Easy. off season. I the same with Jared Goff and that Goff has proven to be, a good quarterback inside of structure when things go right. I think Sean McVay has proven to be, if not the best, one of the best play callers in the NFL when things are going to script. But I think we saw consistently when he got thrown off that script in the second half of the season against teams like the Eagles, against teams like the Bears, against teams like the Patriots, the game they're supposed to win. You want to win the Super Bowl, Liz, just... Throwing that out there. Yes, you want to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots. They, the offense was not the same. So I think Sean McVay sure. also has to develop a counterpunch in his play calling. And maybe that is incorporating more players like a Gerald Everett. Which is what he did in the game against the Chiefs that, quote, broke the NFL, right? Yeah. Everett was, was dialed up a lot in that game. I also think there's a lot of young players like Josh Reynolds is a backup player. I love the kid. I invited him over to my house for Thanksgiving, but that doesn't mean that I think he's going to be a Super come? Bowl winner. Did he come? Yeah. No, he didn't. Well, sad. I invited yeah, him. By and the way, who, who would have thought after that Rams Chiefs game that what we were ultimately speeding towards is one of the worst Super Bowls ever? A 13-3 Super Bowl with the anything. damn Patriots involved. Sorry, Scott. I mean, but, you know. My team won the Super Bowl and I hated that game. I never want to watch it again. All right, Scott. Well, give us some... What are you... Give me one thing you're watching heading into the combine this week. One thing you're keeping an eye on. I don't care if it's a player. I don't care if it's a storyline. Whatever it is, give me one thing. It's all the Murray stuff. Murder? Murray. Oh. <laughs> you nut. <laughs> I you said murder. I was like, what happened? All the Murray I, stuff. I, I, hope, I hope there's going to be no homicides in, at, at the combine. But uh, it's going to be all the Murray stuff. And I want to hear where all the sports writers are eating steak now that Shula's <sighs> is no longer uh, an option in Indianapolis. Aren't so, they all at Elmo's or whatever that place is? Elmo's, yeah, right. St. Elmo's, right? Are you buying the 207 pounds that Murray supposedly weighed in at right after he got off the airplane and is clearly retaining water? What would you say? Chicken strips, right? That's the key. Yeah, that's, yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, who cares if he weighs in at 207 when he's not going to throw, he's not going to run? It doesn't even matter. Who cares? Like, it's just a number at that point. So what are you watching then, Matt? Oh, I don't know. I got to figure out a lot about this draft so far. Um, I want to see DJ, DK Metcalf, how he... The big guy from yeah, Ole the, Miss. The, who has like 1.6% body fat. I'm yeah. like, oh, must be nice. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's someone I want to see how he looks in, especially running like the gauntlet and stuff, because he's obviously ripped, but... Can he carry that weight well? I was watching him some this morning and was like, eh, yeah, he's fine. Um, I know there's a lot of concerns, too, about his production or lack thereof in college. Um, I want to see some of these tight ends, as you mentioned. That's definitely. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. I want to see some. I of have these an important ends. question that I can't let this podcast go on without asking it. OK, we've done a lot of talking about Matt and what team he's going to sign with. And there's a whole mockumentary oh, no. series on it. Oh, God. I'm sorry, documentary series on it. It's very serious. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Just sign with Scranton or Utica or, you know, or Nashville or whatever. Liz Loza. Oh, no, I know. I'm going to make you pick a lane. Maybe you won't do it today. But I want to know before 2019 season kicks off, if you identify more with the Chicago Bears or the Los Angeles Rams. She's wearing a Rams hat here, Scott. I don't know if that means Rams anything. hat. Okay. I can't see that. I am wearing a Rams hat right here. Um, so you're committed to the, you're all in on the, on the Rams. I don't know, man. I don't know. Here's, here's what I know. Here is what I know. Don't this commit. Is, I'm not going to commit, but what I will say is that I was much more 
I was devastated, surprisingly devastated when the Bears lost the wild card game to the Eagles, much more so than I anticipated. Definitely brooded. Not the at way, all. The way they lost it, too. Yeah. You know, they controlled it. And obviously, they had a makeable kick. and <laughs> Very painful. And nobody knows this, but I actually wore a Bears because it was supposed to be Bears Rams, as I was anticipating for the next week. And I was at the Rams Cowboys game instead. And I was wearing a Bears T-shirt underneath my Rams sweatshirt quietly, secretly. So wow. that's a little bit telling. Also, when watching the Super Bowl, I was not devastated at all that the that's, Rams You know lost. what? You're hitting the key point, okay, which is how you feel, how disappointed you feel when a team loses really identifies how much you care about a team. Yeah. I moved to Michigan, I guess it was 18 years ago, and I started to care about the Michigan hockey team. And one year they were one game away from the Frozen Four, basically the final four of hockey, and they lost in overtime. They dominated the overtime, had all these chances. They hit posts. They couldn't score. The other team scored. And I really felt depressed, in part because I just liked watching the team so much and there was no next game to watch. But that's when I realized that they were higher up on my sports fandom than maybe some other teams because I literally was depressed after they lost. Yeah, that, that is telling. Or you guys could just do what I do and just move around wherever you want. Who cares? Don't stay loyal. Mm -hmm. Don't stay loyal with anything. See, that's what Bryce Harper should have done. He should have signed a one-year deal with the Cubs and then a one-year deal with the A's and a one-year deal with the Dodgers. Bounce around. You said don't commit earlier. You don't that's my yeah, life, just Clooney it, man. Clooney it don't until commit. you're too don't old commit. to Clooney it anymore. Don't commit. If you're in demand, you know who commits? You know who signs 13-year contracts? The people who know that they're frauds that need the security. <sighs> Bryce Harper's not a fraud. He can sign one-year contracts. He's not going to probably get hurt. He'll be valuable in three years, you know? And that is the kind of fire stuff. that you're going to get on the Yahoo Fantasy Baseball podcast. Yes, Thank it is. you, Scott, for joining us. You're welcome. You follow us on Twitter and submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That over there, not committing to anything, is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And of course, thank you at Scott underscore Pianowski for joining us. And be sure to check out the Yahoo Fantasy Baseball podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We out. We'll